Alright, now, let's go. How are you? How's your week going? Hello! How are you? Good, how's your week going? Did you guys sell the house? Um, we didn't sign the contract yet, we're oh. waiting. Please, God. Praise it. Pray, we're praying for you guys. It should all go smooth. Yes, but we did almost, almost. We signed the lease for a house. To Amazing. Rent, so that's good. And we're going to live only um, less than two miles from my sister. Amazing. Which will be great. Amazing. Um, the landlord is having a little trouble with checks to say, so we already said, said one set of checks and it was no good, so we have to do that again. Great, so we're going to be starting in a moment. I'm just very excited to be here. Thank you. Please join us and Sharon. Thank you. Let me just get this familiar. I think so too. Okay, <laughs> I amazing. I my glasses because I keep... Amazing. So we're all here. It should be a wonderful class yes, for everybody. We see your belly. We don't really see your face. Okay, good. Thanks for letting me know. Just getting that better. You're welcome. Oh, there you are. There. Okay. Better. We're uh, by the sea. If you great. take a look, I don't know if it's coming up on the I, camera. I can see, man. Yeah, so Where we're, are you guys? We're in a place called Bat Yam. Oh, and Bat Yam is beautiful. Yes, yeah, so we're all about uniting souls. So really, it's it's we're remaining on the soul level still, thanks to our Corona challenge year because we, we thank God booked this place, Airbnb, we're here in Batjam, everything's amazing and I go to the airport in Ben Gurion and my parents are excited, they've landed, everything's ready and they come to the border control and they say you're missing a paper, go, go back and they send them back on a plane within about 20 minutes and they flew them back to London and that was bye bye to my parents. They were literally, they did, you know, older people, they put a lot of time into filling out all the information and that's why today's United Souls class will be dedicated to them hopefully one day getting here please God soon and we'll be seeing them hopefully either here on London in person but we're also dedicating to the souls we're, we're United Souls it shouldn't be a, an experience that only can happen in person and we're able to connect beyond the physical experience so we're having an amazing time here with our family but we're missing the key element, my parents, so... Yeah, oh man. Recording in progress. I, I had to just hit the record. Um, I'm going to run and get my glasses. You guys start. I'll be right there. Thank you so much. Okay, so thank you again for joining, Jonathan. And please, God, this is something that's going to grow. But having you here is such a merit. We're going to be going over a little bit, again, just what we learned last time. It's really important. It's been, you know, two weeks already. This is a bi-monthly uh, uh, course. So it needs revision. That's also one of the things we're going to discuss about how to go over material, how to accomplish um, when we're learning stuff, how to internalize it, that it shouldn't just become theoretical or a nice idea that maybe you remember, maybe you don't. It's very much about impacting our daily life. That is one of our goals in this course. And the focus is on unity and united souls, on the ability to connect to the soul level, and to impact your daily life. It shouldn't just be theoretical, and it shouldn't just be something that people um, go as in one ear comes out, the other, or the other way, you give it over a little bit, or you remember a little bit, but it should actually affect today, and tomorrow, and the next day, going on the rest of our life, and for myself included, it should impact us to be more unified. 
So that's a little bit of a high goal, but I think it's worth it because, uh, you know, Pulver EDU is about experiencing things in real, real time. And right now we're in a time which is requiring us to be much more aware, self-aware, much more in touch of ourselves. And in order to get rid of the divisive nature of our time, of our generation, which was experiencing currently more and more, it's not getting less, it's actually increasing every day, uh, we have to uh, push the acceleration down, get the energy going, get the mind moving, whatever works for you, your heart level, your mind level, your soul level, your energy, Get that's why I'm a little bit more, you can see my body today, I want you to be able to see not just my head, but the whole being, the whole person, with the sea and everything behind us, to get that energy going that you should feel that today you're going to walk out of this class that's going to impact your day right now and it's going to impact the people in your sphere of influence and hopefully their sphere of influence and will make some ripples of unity in the world that will actually make real change and not just uh, theoretical. So that's, that's a big goal and I think it's worth aiming for it on every course that we do and every session and the, it brings us to the beginning of the course just to go over, like we said at the beginning, we have to go over. Being proactive. What does it mean to be proactive? So, it, Jonathan, if you remember, it means to be taking ownership of yourself, not getting into the victimhood, blaming yourself, person, mindset. It's a very common thing, and that's, that's being reactive. Rather, be proactive. Use uh, each opportunity in our life to grow. Not to, God forbid, blame people, but to grow. And this is something which all of us, I know myself, has to constantly work on. Like, I could get angry at the bureaucrats that didn't let my p parents into the country just now. I can be angry at the system here, or even the world system, that they haven't, you know, clarified and been consistent with all their different policies, and it's created so many difficult situations for people that maybe are completely unnecessary. I could be angry about that, or I could be proactive. And I, right now, I'm, I, as I gave a class yesterday, and my, my general concepts, it was a very short one because I, I wanted to actually apply it, but the idea of being there for the family, making the family first, and we're going to discuss that as well as one of our previous points, the prioritizing what's important, and that was my goal once I had this situation, I can't, you know, I have to first process the emotions, I have to feel and, and be real that it's almost like a feeling of mourning that I wasn't able again to see my parents. It's been a year and a half, and that's continuing. And, and the effect it had emotionally on my mother and my father was very profound, because they also, like, they've been stuck in London, and this is their first trip, and they're finally going to see their grandchildren, their married granddaughter, etc., etc. And they're very emotional, and it's very painful the way they were pushed back onto the plane without any time... I was speaking to embassies that couldn't do anything. So I was being proactive at that moment to try to solve it. I wasn't successful. And even though I had done previous efforts, sending my father the links and all the different things, and it was now not about blaming. It wasn't about blaming my father. It wasn't when my brother phoned me, he was a little bit upset that this situation had happened because, you know, he's concerned for my mother's well-being and, and our family well-being. And it could have become a blame game. But instead, it's like about how can we now... Uh, do, what can we do now to make it the transition that they're not here easier? So we had a video call that's that's being proactive that we could once again join each other online. We had an opportunity to connect on the soul level because I asked all my kids to really 
pray for them and feel for them and appreciate them and when they speak to them to show that appreciation so there's a soul level involved it's not just some um, you know alright see you later we'll just have fun no like to really appreciate that there's gratitude for all they do for us and it's something that we really hope for again as a, a future opportunity and to connect in with them a few times on the phone and to keep constantly being proactive you get the idea that instead of Wasting my energy and, and emotions in negativity, we're switching it all to positivity. And that, as a daily lesson, can be what we do with our life by being proactive. It's not something which once in a while, it has to impact our choice of how to experience life, that we, we bring the, the idea of soul and unity into that moment, that my parents are one with me, I'm never disconnected from them. Even when they pass from this world after 120, please God, that's like a Jewish thing we say, after 120, but the idea is after they've lived a full life, that's what it really means, that when they've lived that full life, that we're still connected with them. There's never a disconnect to our parents, it's obvious. Even the most like uneducated person has an awareness that there's an intrinsic connection with them. Like You can see the most far-off person in terms of intellect or, or inner development, but they'll say, I love my mother. Love, I love my father. There's something deep there. And therefore, these are the kind of, once again, as we spoke about last time, these are the long-term ways of living. These are the long-term emotions. These are understanding values that can impact the now in a, in a healthy, good way. Not in a, God forbid, in some sort of codependent, like weird way, but like a, a really healthy way because they're eternal truths. That's, we have parents. We have, hopefully, if we're meritorious, we have children. Yeah, we have an opportunity to be part of a legacy. These are very profound things, and this is something which bridges the scenarios of life because we're always connected into that. It's, it's like a three, as it says, it says in a beautiful uh, safer in, in, in a book in, the, in our holy scriptures about a three ply string, like a string that you put three threads is much stronger than two or one, and when they're bound up and twisted together, it's almost not impossible, but it's very impossible, hard to break. So when those three threads, three generations are connected, if you're meritorious, or even if you're not having children, you still have your father and their father, or your mother and their mother. These are like realities of life that the world is trying to like confuse us about, but there's no confusion on the soul level. This is truth, and truth that's, that's forever. And that gives us a, a grounding that I'm connected to my parents no matter where they are. I'm connected to my family no matter where they are. And that is a very comforting thought, thought when you're going through a challenging moment where you feel like you're being, uh, God forbid, attacked. Like, you know, say as a nation, we're being attacked. Like physically, you're being, you can feel very concerned, and you should. But you also have a comforting thought that you know that we're a family, that we're together, and we're going to get through this. And that's a much more profound way of dealing with things rather than it just being some... Um, you know, isolated experience, which is what happened to a lot of people right now with the Corona story. A lot of people felt isolated, and that's why I feel this, the, the Zula from Pulver EDU, and Jeff, and Lauren, and everyone here has created a, a, thank God, a new reality, thanks to all the technology, and Zoom, and everything, and the will to do this, has created a reality where we, we get rid of that illusion of isolation, and we actually manifest connection, we manifest souls and being, we're being proactive in the situation and that's why this first point we're going a bit on on it but it's very important because it gives us a, re a whole reality check of how to apply 
our, our values into our life. And that's why the second point brings us to understand our values, goals and dreams. We have to make sure that we're clear about what those are. And once again, I gave you an example of mine, the idea of family and having generations of legacy. And that is a value in itself because there's, there's already by tuning into your, to your ancestry, you're already meritorious to get a treasure trove of insight to who you are and to what your mission is even now, even in 2021. You say, like, what have I got to do with my grandfather? He was in another world. There was no technology like this. He was a, my personal grandfather was a seamstress and, you know, a, a, sorry, a, a, in Yiddish you call it a Schneider, but I think it, I don't know, someone who, who fitted suits. Yeah, a tailor, that's it, a tailor. And he was at the highest level. He worked for a very, you know, good brand in, in England, John Lewis, and he was very like a good tailor. And that's something which has a values to be able to do such a craft. And he gave over certain values of work, of hard working lifestyle, of certain self-respect. And there were certain things that he gave over that I'll never forget. And that impacts now even. That impacts my father, impacts myself. And please God, it impacts the next generation. There's this tradition that continues on. Whatever way you've tuned in, it's very important. Like after 120, after we leave this world, they, everyone who's had a life near-death experience, and, and remember, we're working on the premises so that we have souls. There's no doubt. Like There are some people nowadays who are cynical enough to say there's no souls, and they themselves call themselves cynical. That's what they told me when I asked them, why don't you believe in souls? They said, bottom line, I'm just cynical. They didn't say because of some good reason. It was just cynic, being cynical. So there's no reason not to believe in souls. So after we leave this world... We encounter souls. That's one of the first things people say, the near-death experience, that they see their, their relatives come to them. And I remember my grandparents, who were not religious in any way, or very traditional, but not religious at all. They, when they, their, their spouse left the world, they often had visions, many, many visions, before they left the world, of their spouse still in the room with them, still, still with them in special moments. And these were not religious people. These They weren't on any drugs or anything. This is something they... It was just part of their system that the soul connection was so profound that they, it impacted their life. So why, one of the reasons why I'm making a point of this right now in this week's class is I just feel that we need to just tune in to the soul level a bit more, understand the profoundity and how it has manifest in the people around us. Um, they're sort of guiding posts towards who we are as souls and not to disconnect from that, that treasure trove. There's so much... Um, like in our ancestry, there's so much wisdom and values and importance for us even now. And the world's trying to say, like, no, we're a new reality. Forget what was. History's not important. Let's rewrite history. This is just leading to division because it's taking away the truth of the soul that we have an ancestry and that it is important. And there's so much good there. To discount all that good is a big mistake. To to rewrite history is a is a almost, it's not even a big mistake, it's actually life or death mistake. That's how serious this, this point is, because it allows people to, to get rid of truth and values and morality, and then they can just do whatever they want, and that's, that's going to remove the, the beautif, beautiful nature of humanity that we have, thank God, so much goodness. Why would we want to rewrite the will and, God forbid, rewrite it with other realities like that's happened in history we know i don't need to go into details all of you know about it um what's happened historically where millions and millions of people died because of this kind of mistake and therefore 
This is something fundamental for our own life and right now in our daily life to understand with the bigger picture in mind to have to make real strategies. How can I take that bigger concept of a soul and a, and a legacy and ancestry and bring it into my daily life? So you have to, once again, make clear what are your values? What are your goals? What are your dreams? Bring it into paper. Write it down. Jonathan, write it down. What are your goals, your dreams, your values? Make a very clear list. Make a mission statement even better. That would be the best form of, even if it's just one word in a list, in a tabulator. That's what Stephen Covey says. Or, to even better have an actual mission statement after you've done that, that clarifies all those goals and dreams and values into one line. Like, I want to bring unity to the world and awaken the soul level. That's my mission statement with this course for sure. So now I have that clear. So whatever it is, Jonathan, in your life, I want to impact you know, the, the police force with, new, with a higher va- set of values and, and what, whatever, you, I want reform, re- reformation, but it's going to be based, the reformation is not going to be based on some newfound, you know, uh, belief from some quack job. It's going to come from true values that you know have been tried and tested all the generations and something that's worked and it's caused a, proge- a progenity to continue and it's, it's been affected to survive all the, ch- the disasters and tragedies of this world, there's a power there that exists within each of us that can overcome everything. And that will give us power But when we go through a difficult moment, like I felt the, uh, yes, uh, two days ago, when my parents weren't able to enter the country, and I was literally outside the airport. I couldn't even get into the airport because they won't let people in unless you're departures. So they're still being inconsistent in that way. It doesn't make sense. But it wasn't about now shouting at people, it was about how can I do something. So once the first thing was British Embassy, Israeli, get to the point what you need to do. Don't waste your energy blaming. Get to, what can you do in this moment. Now, don't take it out on the people around you, the negative feelings you're feeling on your brother or, or your, your wife or whoever you're with, your children that I'm now still with. Comfort them also because they've gone through trauma. My mother went through trauma. My wife went through trauma. Now my parents aren't here. My kids don't have grandparents to see. Comfort those people. There's so much more important things than our own ego or our own frustrations or our own agendas of what we hoped financially they would come and they'd pay for things more than I would. For example, now I'm going to have to pay myself. Okay, so then I'll have to pay for myself. That's fine. Yeah, like you shift everything. You see how it makes an effect on how you focus and then suddenly you go through a difficult moment in a much more proactive, successful way. But it's a lot to do with the values and goals and dreams of what you really care about and your mission statement, what you're about, that will impact that moment. And it will give you the ability to over, overdrive or overcome your emotional in, in, initial reaction. You have initial reactions. You're, you're a human being. And you're allowed to feel those feelings. The difference is what you do with those feelings. That's, that's an important line. You're going to feel, but now what do you do with those feelings? And the key is not to let the emotions control you. Rather, take that energy and now be proactive with it. And that is impactful in a daily life. That is a, and to understand that that comes from a soulful place. That is having a high awareness of, of a higher purpose, of your mission, of your, of your reason for being here, that you... Allow it to impact your daily life. It shouldn't just be something that's left for a prayer service. It shouldn't be something that's left for meditation. It shouldn't be some spiritual thing you do once a week. This is talking about affecting every moment of your life with 
with in positive, impactful, proactive approach to how to process challenges. And that's just one personal example put in there just to make it a bit more like in reality. So that, that's going to come up for everybody. And these are real things. So that was the first class we did. And I just brought that personal example, current one, just to bring it to life. But then the next point is now, and then we'll have a little break, was last week's class, or, sorry, two weeks ago, we spoke about how being more effective and focused so we don't get distracted. And that's a lot to do with time prioritization. And everyone liked the idea that we, we focused on together. And that was thanks to you guys. It was inspired to be more uh, emphasized last time about the long-term plan, the long game. That when we have that long plan of what we're trying to do in our life, so then we have a much more ability to maneuver in the day and day out life. Because then the day and day out life is not, is not the be end and end all. So we're able to have bigger priorities and able to plan our day with that bigger long term plan in, in, involved. So the daily struggles, like you, you know, you have to sell a house, rent a house, whatever it is, rent a car, put the car back. These are daily struggles. But they're not the long term. The long term, you have a much bigger goal in your life than just the house. And what are you going to do with the house? Who are you going to live it with? What are you going to experience within the house? What are you going to do with the rent car you rented? How are you going to use that car now effectively in your day? That even if there's struggles with it. Say, for example, you rent a car. Another example. I had this a week ago. Rented a car. You took pictures before and after. Now you bring it back and the guy says there's damage you did. But you show them pictures. Now, exactly, you know, from, from a, like, a, a divine place comes out that the pictures you took, you missed that one place exactly. It wasn't a perfect picture. So there's room to disagree, to agree to disagree. So now you say to the people, you say, look, it doesn't look on my picture that we did the damage. I don't know, maybe someone did it in the time you went to check on it. For some reason, he wasn't there that moment. Maybe it got damaged somewhere, some other place. But... Rather than us disagree, I'm going to rent your car again. Yeah, I don't want to get angry. You don't want to get angry. I'm going to rent your car again. I don't want to get in dispute. I'm going to be a good customer. I'm even going to advertise your car rental. I'm going to like. I already did actually. I even put it up on a post and I showed how many people liked it and I see my wife so happy and all this stuff. And I'm going to use all these different leverages rather than go into. It is broken, it isn't broken. Use all these different leverages to expand the picture. That I'm a good customer. You want to have a, a new customer that's going to give you a lot of business. Not only that, I'm also giving you free advertisement. You don't have to pay me. I'll do it because I, I appreciate your service. I'm going to give you good feedback publicly. I know much more people than you do. I've seen your Instagram. You've got like 50 followers. I've got 4,000 followers or whatever it is. Yeah, And I'm, my leverage is massive. You know, so... You know, you want my my input. You want my my circle of people to start using you when they come here, etc., etc. So the, suddenly the guy went back to his management, and the management said, "Leave him alone. Forget it. No damage. Don't worry about it. Come rent the car again. End of discussion." Said, and then he ended off and said, "By the way, we never do this for anyone." Yeah, but it was all about positioning yourself in that situation, and. Expanding the situation to a larger picture of who I am, what my mission is. My mission is to stay connected with this person. Every person I disconnect because of a bad business situation is, for me, a loss. I don't need to prove I'm right. I need to prove that we're right. We're collaborative. And that's the next point we're going to get to, the idea of win-win. In business, I, once I've done that inner work, 
that private work, I've sorted myself out. I know that I'm proactive, I have my goals, I'm effective in time management, I've done all that work, my schedule, everything is focused. Now, when I go to these people out there, like the car rental guy, I'm about win-win. Because my larger goal, my larger purpose here is to win. I'm not here to lose, and I'm not here to make him lose also. He loses, I lose, because now I don't have a place to go get my car. Yeah, because it turns out my wife's a new driver, and to find people that you can rent from a, new, uh, a car is not so easy, yeah, for when you're a new driver. I don't know if you've had that experience with someone who's a new driver, but it's really hard to find a rental company. He has that leverage. He didn't use it on us, but I know in my mind, I better keep a relationship with this guy, but I don't want him to take advantage of me also. And that was the balance, and we both came out win-win, and I'm renting his car again, we took even better pictures this time, so we can be even more clear if something happens. And I've already, this is the next point, and this is really important, I've already made in my mind a clear decision that I, I call it in, in Hebrew, Shalom Bayat money, or uh, Chesed money. Meaning I have a set aside amount of money in my life all the time, no matter what. A few thousand, whatever. And I set that aside. Now, if there's going to be an argument, I'm willing, every so on, when, it's, you know, when there's no room to, to resolve it, I'm willing to give in and pay. What is that, what's that leverage? What leverage does that give me? It gives me amazing leverage. My kids break something, that's that money. My wife knocks the car when she's driving, new driver, it happens, that's that money. The guy wants to rip me off, I can prove I'm right. Do I want to lose this car rental place as my option? For one time, he gave in, this time I'll give in, and I'll pay for whatever damage he's claiming. I'll say to him, I'm being very, you know, I won't be a, a, a walkover, a pushover, you know, there'll be, there'll be that discussion that I'll make it clear, but this, this is really important, to have that money or some sort of way of resolving potential conflicts and arguments in business. And, I mean, the same thing with larger bills, deals. Like, you have opportunities to make contracts with people. Make sure you put in the contract very clear what the relationship, what the, what the relationship is. And if it doesn't work out, what the, what the um, res resolutions are. And you get that clear, and then it, it just saves so much, so much pain and suffering that people, God forbid, can go through when they don't do all this. And you can get wound up, and you can get angry, God forbid, and all this kind of stuff. And it, 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 it can waste so much time. It's, it's not effective on a time level. It's not effective on an emotional level. There's so many levels where you're missing out. Yeah. Please. You froze for the past, like, three. Oh, sorry about that. Can you hear me again? No, it's okay. So we can hear you again, but we missed what you were saying. Oh, so, so the idea... You can do it with larger, bills. Yeah, you, you think about it in an effective sense. As a business person, your time is, you know, valuable. So you just save so much time because you're no longer in a dispute. You're not wasting your time with dispute. You're not wasting your time with uh, with arguments. You are totally on game and focused into a win-win relationship. And the win-win relationship is coming with that leverage that you've created beforehand. You're already on a long-term game, remember. Your long-term game is not to try beat other people. Yeah, You have a better game than that. 
and we all do. All of us have a better game than 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 the short term story. All of us have a better game. So it's just about believing in that short term game and not allowing yourself to to be pulled into a small minded approach to life. And that's what I know myself that the more I do that, the more successful I'm being in, in relationships and business and everything. It's it's really impactful um, daily life. It's and but it comes from a deep source. It's not it's not made up. It's um it's not something that um that just you know, I just thought of one day. This is a very, once again, this, if I would tell you where the source is, it's from a, a, a rabbi called the Chofetz Chaim. And he actually, he wrote a uh, beautiful book on, on, it's called Gemachim, Gemachim or Chesed, kindness. And having kindness is really, really important in everything you do, and especially business, especially money matters, Having that set aside that funds, and it's from his idea, setting aside funds to not get into conflict. Think about it with marriage. How many times you could have avoided an argument if you would have had that in your toolkit and you would have just said, you know what? Money's not, it's not all about money. Money comes, money goes. I'm the long-term game here, yeah? Not only that, I'll tell you something more deep. And this is not so much from my course, this is from my, my job. I work for a holy person in Jerusalem. It's, you know, I don't like to bring what my work is into this, but here and there, like, I think it's really relevant because this holy rabbi, is named Rabbi Shalom Arush, he wrote bestseller books, amazing books that have sold more than, I think, any other Jewish book other than the actual Bible itself. And his books, one of the points he says there is in order to have blessing in your life, to have that abundance we're all seeking, it's often all about not getting into dispute. Dispute, anger, this gets rid of blessing. This gets rid of having... Now, just think about it practically. I was talking about it practically. If you get angry, then you don't have room in your mind to think clearly. So you can't make good deals. If you use that time to fight with people... You could have been using that time to doing 10 other deals. And you just resolve that deal. It takes five minutes to resolve. Instead of five weeks of dispute over a small sum of money, you let go of it. And then you just did 20 different deals. In all that time you could have wasted over something small. That's why it's really important to keep every situation focused on what you're trying to get out of this. Is this really worth it? It's not about being right, as the rabbi taught me many times. This rabbi taught me that it's not about being right. It's not about criticizing the other person. It's about doing right. It's about being a mensch. That would be the best word. Being a person that has values that we've just talked about. Being someone that lives up to those values and brings them into how you do business, how you have relationships, how you build, you know, this beautiful Pulver EDU. It's done with a safe, safety net of, you know, it's a safe space. People feel comfortable. It's not political. Like, these are really important um, points that can really make a difference. Now, I, I wanted to just get to today to a few more points, a new points, um, but I just want to hear from you guys before I go ahead if there's anything specific. Like if you, if you find it hard to focus, you could get distracted or whatever it is, like you find it hard to, to let go of money or wh whatever situation, you can welcome to speak about it. Yeah. You make a lot of sense, but I don't, it, I'm just listening and it seems all like I can just keep nodding. 
Okay, but maybe you're a very special person that you're doing it already. But uh, I, I, for me, it was a, I had to learn this. It wasn't something natural. Uh, natural is you, you fight for what's mine. You know, competitive. I'm right. You know, I'm a man. You know, you better listen to me. You know, or you know, for a woman, you know, I'm right. You know, what do you know? You know, like I'm much more you know, involved with the kids than you are and suddenly you're telling me your opinion or when it, each person, whatever situation you're in, you know, I'm I'm a, you know, I've been doing this for years, I'm an education, so you don't know anything, you know, I'm this person, I'm that person, whatever, you get, ego gets involved, that's the natural normal way that, you know, it's about me being right and getting what I want, but then you have to undo that, because that's like a baby, that's like a child, you have to grow up and Realize that the the game is not to grab, like a child born in the world, a baby's born like that. A person leaves the world like that because that's the truth. In the end, you don't hold on to anything. You've got to let go. And now you can welcome other people into your circle, into your life. Really. And then you can do real business and have real relationships. So for me, it took time to work, learn that. Yeah, it, I agree. It's not, it's not um, second nature. It's something that you do have to work on, and I think that um, having these conversations and listening to somebody else say what I think is great because it's not always easy to do it because the first reaction is, again, like when that woman called me yesterday and told me we had to drive to Westchester to get the other checks because they were bad and we had to write new checks and Jeffrey has to go back to the bank. You know, the first reaction is, well, wow, why? Like, what is going on? But, like you said... This is, that's like an everyday business deal in Israel, what you just described. Imagine that. Trying to run a business and dealing with that kind of back and forth. Like, it's you're just so wasting... Hard. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's really hard. But, once again, if you have the long game, what am I trying to achieve right. here? And then it exactly. doesn't... Then you can actually chill a little bit. Because you, you're already expecting this. When you live in Israel, you're already expecting all this kind of stuff. That's true. You're expecting the bureaucracy that doesn't make sense. You're expecting them to send you back again. You're already, you're already almost ready to come back again before they've even told you right. to come back again. Right. So and when they say, and they look up, they look up at you at the desk and they say, you've got everything you need. You're like, really? You, you, you don't believe that. You're already like tuned in to the, for sure don't have everything you need. And you're going to have right. to come back. So that's already like a, a, a you know, for, like part of reality already and then suddenly they give you a better reality yeah no you've got everything you need you've actually finished you can go home now amazing oh, wow. like, yes, when that happens exactly. like here you're whereas when you're coming from where a place where the service level is much higher like America US when I've been there the service level seems to be on a much higher level than a lot of places in the world customer service is actually like a high level of training and you know they, they have HR on a high level and everyone's like going through trainings and growth and, and they're aware of all these ideas. So then you, and then you come to a place like, you know, like another country where they're not, it can be very traumatic for people. Like, um, I just listened to a podcast, an interesting point that came out from Nissen Black. He's, he's one of my artists I work with and he's coming on to our show this Sunday and he's doing a new po podcast called The Deal. And he had an interesting guest, but one of the points that came out that really moved me was in Israel, Seemingly, this person said, I'm not saying it's for sure like this, but it seems like this. And all the things I said before as well, it's not always like this, but it seems like this. That people don't know how to queue up. I don't know if you remember that, Lauren, when you were here. 
the queuing system is not so effective, yeah? Um, it, it, it's, yeah. it's a little bit... So now this woman said an interesting point. She said that a lot of the people come from descendants from the Holocaust, and to queue up, stand in a line, meant the Holocaust, meant most traumatic thing they ever experienced. So standing in a line is not something they ever want to do again. And that was so ingrained in the culture. Um, I mean, I could think of some other reasons as well, but that's what we're, we're going to quote this lady. For, you know. And that comforted Nissen finally, after all these years of being pushed out of line and, you know, and people pushing in, suddenly he was like, wait a minute, like there's something to this. It's not coming from a bad place. It's coming from trauma. It's coming from you know, all kinds of historic, you know, reasons. It's not just uh, whatever, like, horrible people get out of my way, yeah? It's it's something very deep, and, and then you don't have to, once again, you don't have to take it personally. It's nothing personal. It's something that needs to be fixed, but it's going to be a long story till it's fixed, that we can have patience with it. can have patience with the process of, of uh, people that went through such trauma, and they're still... You know, they're, they're very hard. They're, they've been through many, many wars. So you can have patience with the culture and the people. A different way of viewing them rather than coming down on them. You know, why are you like this? And, you know, it's, I'm living here. Why can't you be more American or more English, more polite? You know, you start to, no, wait a minute. And this, this can affect how you live. Like, you can literally be in a better mood once you have this awareness. Now when you come home after being pushed out the line... You're just laughing about it to your wife or to your kids. You're not coming home like taking it out on them now and continuing the negativity. It's a different life experience when you have this higher way of thinking and a deeper, more empathetic way of thinking, a more soulful way of thinking. And these are just many, many examples that you're going to have to constantly work out yourself or listen, open your heart and eyes to hear it from other people. Like you, like you said, like you're talking out your thoughts, which is a compliment. I appreciate that because I hold you on a high esteem. But I'd like to hear what Jonathan. What do you say? Um, I agree, Lauren. I think um, you know, Ellie. You kind of reiterated a lot of my journey to get to this place of inner peace, right? And now it's just going to the next level. What pops into my head with my work, and it's funny that you use renting a car because I worked for a rental car company oh, wow. for five years wow. and and wow would it have been nice to have someone like you walk through my doors right Thank you. <laughs> because nobody gets mad at the insurance company nobody gets mad at the body shop right they get mad at the poor little high school college kid that is trying to just make a thing right <laughs> but my and we can talk about that for hours um my question is, is I view our souls, our souls clearly as, you know, the higher power, right? Because our souls live on. How do we get our souls aligned with our mission, right? To align with our bodies and our minds. Because that seems to be that disconnect, right? It seems like if we don't know our soul's purpose, we need to find that first. But then once we find that sole purpose, how do we get it to align with our, our actions and our and our thoughts, I get minds, so we don't act out in that, you know, 
anger or frustration like you could have done with your your parents, right? Because it seems like that inner state of being was like, okay, I know this is wrong. This is not what I want, but that's okay. I, think, cool? I think that question cool? is, is exactly my whole goal of this course. Um, how do we align into our daily life our soul's mission? Which I think is what I, I, I hope together we'll get clearer on, on how to do that together. It's something which is going to be a process by going through all the different stages of the course we're going to get clearer and clearer hopefully by the end of it how to align. It's going to be a very much a process based answer. It's not going to be chit chuck and that's that's one of the things that people nowadays are making a mistake. They want instant answers or instant spirituality or instant, everything instant. It's actually not, it's a process. And that is, once again, that goes together with the patience, with the long-term goals. It's very connected. Um, with the, it has to go be a process. That's like what's happened with the Zula, for example. It's been a process of development that we've developed relationships that we can have with Polver EDU that solely is growing, thank God. Rather than forcing it and spending loads of marketing dollars to make it this big thing, but then it's, it misses that healthy process that we're all having here. And that's really good. That's really the right way to develop something because the world's always trying to pressure you. You need to make money, you need to make a, a name, you need to have numbers. There's always this pressure, but that's not... The true, the, the spiritual value system is is much, like as you said very nicely, Jonathan. Is the idea of calm and inner peace? It it already though you use those words because that's once again the measuring stick is a is a much higher level measuring stick than numbers and money and what you know external success. So you're already knowing that uh, inner peace, state of calm, the soul. The, the alignment, you even use another word that I haven't used, which is an amazing word, alignment. All these, these are very uh, deeper ways of measuring that reality of how successful, and that would be an important, important point. And we're going to say the idea of win-win is also to understand that you are winning. You are winning. Give yourself some credit. You're doing this course, that's already a success, in my opinion. For me, it's a success because I get to sit and talk this out, what I consider world-changing points, even if it's on a very small audience, but I'm excited, the ability for it, once it's out there, it's manifesting, and Lauren and Jeff are creating that vessel for it, it is going to go global, because I believe once you've said the words, and once you've made it, even on the smallest level, so the same with your life, your life, a small little level, you're manifesting some of these goals, you're aligning a little bit each day, you, you then you've already brought in a very deep experience of infinity into a finite realm. That's the understanding that your soul is infinite, and every time the soul impacts this finite reality, you have entered a, 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 a realm of success which is infinite. You've entered a realm of impact which is infinite. You've brought down the truth of humanity, the, the goal of humanity, the purpose of humanity, and your own mission of being in this world, you've manifested it, even for a moment. And that's the true measuring stick of, of the soul, is about very small, minute successes. It's a different way of thinking than the world thinks. The world is creating division, 
because everyone's trying to divide up a finite amount, a finite uh, uh, reality. They're not allowing the infinite to enter into the finite and expand their reality much more. They're limiting it. And it's a sad state of affairs when you see people fighting over a piece of cake or a, or a cake itself. Everyone wants a piece of the pie. Why does it have to be a pie? Who says it's really, a not, pie? Not, not to interrupt you, but that's exactly what is happening in policing. And it's so, that was so profound for me because it's so finite. And there's a talk by, I think it was Simon Sinek, that compares Apple to Microsoft and how finite versus inf- you know infinite works. Um, you know, and how do you bring that infinite mindset? It's by connecting to your soul, right? That soul is that infinite mindset. If I, and that's what I'm hearing. I don't. I'm, I no, guess I'm, I'm so happy you brought up Simon Sinek because he's. I haven't immersed myself in his way of thinking. Any time I've seen him on a podcast or any place, and especially right now when he's talking about that concept, I'm like, wow, there's something going on over there with him. Like, he's just tapped into something very big for humanity because he has a platform. He's not like me on a very small level platform. But once again, I value my impact on an infinite level much more than a finite level. So I know maybe my efforts of bringing down unity spills over to Simon Sinek. How did it come into his head? Maybe I worked harder for it, but he got it. You know, a lot of science, scientific discoveries when, were, were very much easy by some guy, but there was hundreds of thousands of scientists years before working on that concept. And then this guy was the one who gets his name on it. But he didn't do all the hard work leading up to it. So in, on a spiritual level, we understand that the world, by us working on ourselves, we are impacting. And that can take off a lot of pressure and tension in our daily life that we don't have to see numbers and we don't have to see monetary success to value our success. And that's the same of how we look at, imagine, you look at your children that way. Your value, your value system is very much about minute improvements, not giant changes. Minute improvement, your relationship with your wife or your spouse or your other half or your, or your business partner, whatever it is, you measure it on very small little improvements. You know, there's a famous, famous, uh, uh, very deep uh, mystical text from a very deep, deep rabbi, which which is impacts the rabbi I work for because like that's their tradition. And he had a, uh, it's a pasuk in there, it's a it's a line from Psalms, a zamra lakaiba udi. It's a very deep, profound three words. I will sing with, to my God with my with the odi with a little bit of good. I will sing to my soul with a little bit of good. That tiny little bit of good has the power to generate life, to generate soul, to generate energy. And it's a tiny little minute spark of infinite godliness that's within every single person and thing. That, that If you sing with that, you focus on that part of yourself or part of that other person you're dealing with, then you will sing, you will have a positive experience. So singing is expansiveness is, is is making melody out of disharmony and making harmony so singing represents a very it gets rid of that a lot of the negative energy around so when you're singing with something you're, you're embracing it fully and you're experiencing the moment and you're experiencing that godliness that exists within that infinite people don't like to use a godliness but the infinite power that's present in that moment the infinite energy that's present in that person so now you take that little bit of good and that 
point of goodness, you emphasize that. And that's how a person can suddenly have an amazing mission statement, an amazing impact in a meeting, because now you're not thinking about the long whole thing. Although maybe the first 20 minutes wasn't that great, the last 20 minutes wasn't that great, there was a moment there, like you said yourself, you just said something profound, you said it yourself. There's a moment there where there's something that just impacted. Then it was worth the whole hour just to get to that point. And that's going to be again and again with your relationships, with your business experience, with your policing, whatever it is. There's going to be a moment where you you were a good police officer. And you have to get congratulated for that. The world now is all about how policing is complete failure. It's only associated with mistake, darkness and failure. Yeah? Nothing good. And that's a complete mistaken way of trying to build something. You can't build something with that mindset. You're just destroying it. And what are you replacing it with? Nothing. So you have to rather take what exists and build it from within with good focus in on the good parts. I don't want to be political, but I'm just trying to explain where the world is getting so divisive is because they've lost certain understandings which have come from a deep place, but everyone, once you hear it, knows it's true. You know, once Simon Sinek puts out a book about bringing the infinite into the finite, everyone sounds a bit strange, but once you hear it from someone who's such a business success, there must be more going on there. And that's why I'm curious to learn a bit more what he's saying over there. And now that's given me, got me excited because I want to go research, you know, how someone is able to explain that. How can I bring infinite into my business life? How can I bring the soul into my business life? How can I align, like you said? How can I align my daily life? So I would say... A very good piece of advice is to start with very small, small moments, small experiences, small goodness, small experiences of goodness, and build off that, rather than trying to, because it's interesting, because you've got to think in a larger way, but when it comes to assessing success, you have to think in a much more, um, very point way of, of goodness because it, you need the encouragement you need the enthusiasm you need all these positive emotions and the negative emotions there are some people who can work off darker emotions I don't know that personally but there, there are people out there who do it you know everyone in their own way but I would encourage more positive emotions because if you get too caught up in the darker emotions to build momentum like anger and rage and people work off that it can, God forbid, lead to... I, know, I do it a little bit with music. And I listen to a lot of rap music. So there's a lot of rage there. Even now, I still listen to that music. But it's kosher. Like, it's rap music without the, you know, demoralization. Like, take, it's, it's not, you know, none of the misogyny and all this horrible stuff that goes on in rap music. It's the positive part of rap. But it's still raging a little bit. I do see some benefit. But I have to be careful with that. I shouldn't take that rage and put it onto other people. It's only for my own inner battle, not for anyone else, I'm not battling anyone else, it's, that's my, that rage is just for me, unless someone wants to harm me or something, but um, so that, I would like to get to the next point you brought out a really, really important point the next point is the hardest point this is the hardest thing to do, we're going to end off this week's session, we'll end off with this, listening is the hardest thing to do, I don't know if everyone agrees to really listen, you know imagine a world where people are really listening to each other like just, just, you know, we're not talking about John Lennon's song, but really imagine a world, try imagine where you have a relationship and they really hear the other person. 
So now it's a whole different wave level of communication. You know, I have it written down here. Yeah, to really love someone else, you have to love oneself. That's another important point. To be able to listen, once again, you have to have done all the previous work that we've been speaking before, spoken before, excuse me, speaking, not even making sense. Spoken before, you have to, all that stuff I mentioned, if you haven't done that work, the proactiveness, the working on who you are, your mission statement, getting clear your priorities, and then working on being collaborative and winning with people, you can't really listen to someone else. Because you, if you don't love yourself, you don't have a clear picture of who yourself is, how can you really have a vessel for somebody else's ideas? Yeah? You have to really be in touch with yourself to be able to then be in touch with someone else. That's why the people who are really good at healing other people emotionally, generally they're very self-aware and in touch with themselves. I think that's what I've experienced. Okay, another point. One self, you have to realize that your self is your soul. And we have to, once we've done that, valued ourselves, then we can value others. To understand that the whole world, this is a very deep idea, also from the sages, the whole world is created for me. Not everyone believes that, but I believe that. The whole world, Bishwili Olam, the whole world was created for me. And it, uh, you have to balance that out with some humility, but it's, it's important, it gives you a certain push to realize that I'm important here. I'm not a nothing. I'm not going to kill myself because something didn't work out. I'm valued. I have some importance here. The world is affected by what I do. The whole world was created for me. The whole world was created for me. And we have to know our triggers, our personal boundaries, so you can turn up to our loved ones recharged somewhat. So I'm going to go into these this next point in the next course, because there's a lot on this one, and it's a hard one. But as you can see, before you even get to listening to the other person, it's a lot of self-work first. To be able to love someone else, you have to have energy for that other person. You have to be in an emotionally available state. And that takes a lot of work from before to get to that next state. It takes a lot of self-work. And that's why listening is something which people... There are people who can listen, but then there are people who can really listen. Because it really... To understand what the other person wants. When you ask me your question, to really understand your question, that would be a talent. I don't know if I have it fully. But uh, it's, I know it's something attainable. I have people in my life who are listeners, and they have a profound effect on me, even if my contact with them is minimal. When I see them, they're such good listeners, that I don't need to talk that much with them, because they just go straight to what I'm needing right now, because they're so in touch. You know, it's a famous rabbi story, I'm sorry I'm being so Jewish today, but I can't help it, Just it's just helping the, 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 the ideas, I generally can't be more universal, but... There's a famous rabbi story that every time he had a visitor, he he literally put the other person's clothing on him. So he was as if he was dressed up as them each visit. So by the end of the day, after visit, having about 30, 40 visitors, he was covered in sweat and completely exhausted. And so the, the person helping him, that's one of the things I do, I help such a rabbi, I said to him, you know, you know, why, why is the rabbi so, you know, it wasn't hot. I made sure the room temperature was fine and, you know, I gave drink the whole time. Is there something I'm doing wrong? Like, why is the rabbi so covered in sweat 
and so exhausted, you know, this is a normal day somewhat. He said, if you just change your clothing 30, 40 times, all those 30, 40 people that just walked in, you'd also be covered in sweat. Yeah? Because the effort of going out of yourself and really becoming that other person for that meeting is so intense and takes such a level of selflessness that most normal people don't even bother. Yeah? Um, but there are special people who do. Um, so why not, like I'm saying, so you don't need to be with them long, those kind of people. Because they just, they're just like, so tuned in to who you're, the soul level. Like, I can walk in front of these people and they know my soul. On at least, and it's not, it's not even something I can speak about so much. But it's just as an experiential way, like if you come to Israel, come with me and meet one or two of these people, you'll see that there's a different soul experience. And... They're, they're experiencing souls rather than just agendas or people. And it's very inspiring to know that there's still people alive in this world with all of technology and with all of the agendas of so many different forces out there to try to get you be completely involved in their agenda. That there's still individuals who haven't given into that and are lights of, of soul and inspiration and are able to be selfless on a true level. It does exist. You, human people you can actually trust, that actually have a soul that manifests goodness almost all the time. I don't say they're, they're completely perfect, but as good as it gets, they're there. And it's amazing that there are human beings alive, even in our time, that are soulful and inspirational. And it, it, it gives a lot of comfort to your soul, and it gives a lot of belief in your soul and that's one of the reasons why it's important to be around those kind of people. Uh, the, the people you're connected to, sh you should have some people in your life who give fuel to that kind of way of being. That will make a big impact. That could be the person you're married to or you're in a relationship with, hopefully, which I feel like I have. Or it, I'm very blessed in that way. Or it could be even a guide that you have to go to. And like I said, it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be like a guru. You have to sit there for six months and sign over your life to him. We're not talking about that. We're talking about people that don't want nothing. You just, they just, there's a genuine relationship. And uh, that can empower the soul level. But what this is all about is coming back to the listening aspect. That in order to really listen, it does take a little bit of soulness and a lot of inner work, a lot of inner work. And it takes an awareness of this. So I think we should end off with that. Uh, we'll have to get it more practical, like, because it was very deep what I just said. And it, and it, it's something very spiritual, but we will bring it down, please God, next, in another two weeks from now, into a much more practical way of understanding how to listen. And it's something which I need to work on very much. Probably the hardest thing for me. So if you guys have any insight, I'm all ears, but I think we'll get into it next time in two weeks. Um, on the practical levels because what I just said I don't know if it needs to be discussed it's just something that is you know some things just are you know and it's comforting it's comforting it's comforting all these things are very comforting we'll just go over very in two, two seconds comforting uh, two, well one minute it's comforting that we have a soul level that I'm not disconnected from anyone. I'm never isolated. I'm always one with my family, my friends, my loved ones. It's comforting that um, I don't have to be reactive. I can be proactive. It's comforting that I have a purpose. 
that the world was created for me. I have my time matters. It's comforting that there's good things to focus on in my life. It's comforting that with those kind of toolkit, I can empower others in my life. It's comforting and it's impactful and it will undo a lot of divisiveness in our own life. And once again, if we believe the whole world is created for us, it will impact the whole world because we don't value in, in finite terms. We value in infinite terms. I think that would be a summarization. Yeah. Okay. Great. Anything anyone wants to end off with? Okay, amazing. Thank you. Speechless. Recording stopped. Oh. Can't so, hear you. if I may, I didn't want to say this on the recording. Um, you just gave me my TED 